This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to the Fit for Success podcast. Brian Semling is an experienced entrepreneur with over 25 years in business. He is the founder and CEO of Blitz Innovation. He has built several brands, such as Brian's Toys, a collectible toy business, to several Amazon FBA brands like Strictly Bricks and Clever Creations. His latest adventure is Rovox, a modern athleisure footwear brand which can be found at rovoxfootwear.com. On the podcast, Brian will talk with other entrepreneurs and social media influencers about their entrepreneurial journey, from what it takes to start and run a business to how they may continue to grow their brands and where they see themselves in their businesses in the future. And now, here's your host, Brian Semling. Welcome to the Fit for Success podcast. I'm Brian Semling. Today, our guest is Amira Irfan, the founder of A Self Guru. Welcome, Amira. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Brian. You're welcome. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Um, so I'd like to get started just to have you tell us about uh, yourself, your business, and uh, how it got started. Absolutely. So I'm a business lawyer and I'm a blogger and coach over at aselfgrew.com where I help entrepreneurs legally protect their online business through my affordable legal templates or working with me one-on-one. And then I also share my own blogging journey that how I made um, six figures in my first year and now we have an online business making seven figures. So I also share tons of like uh, legal as well as business tips to kind of help people uh, become their own boss, but while also protecting um, their businesses legally. That sounds very good. So when did you start your business? So it was three years ago that I started. And it's actually a funny story. I was working as a lawyer, you know, for a law firm at the time. And I had been working for like 10 years. But I always wanted to uh, take, you know, my legal knowledge and expertise into the online space. So you, as you can imagine, like working one-on-one with clients, there's only so many people you can help. But when you kind of take all of that into the online space, then you open yourself up to a world of, you know, opportunities and, and so many people that you can impact and help at the time. So um, I didn't know, like, how I was going to do that. So I just stumbled upon a YouTube video of two uh, six-figure bloggers at the time that I, you know, admired. And I was like, hey, you know, they're making money through blogging. I thought blogging was just people's hobby. You know, they're writing some blog posts. I just didn't know that it was something that you could actually monetize. And so I got intrigued and I started following them and I purchased their uh, bundle to kind of learn the ins and outs and how to start a blog, how to make sure to monetize and things like that. And then honestly, the rest is history, you know? So you started it and did you have more or less instant success with your blog? It kind of sounds like you did, but uh, was it was it instant or did it so take a while? In- 
Yeah. In my case, I don't know if I want to say instant, but I did work really hard because at the time I still had my full-time job as a lawyer. So I was working during the day in the law firm. And then I was only able to give about four hours a day to my blog. So it was a very long day for me, like 16 hour shift uh, between my day job and then coming home and working on my computer to start my blog. So, um, but even with that, I started uh, launching my products. And so with the affiliate marketing, my own products, I made the very first month, I made like $1,000. So I knew that there was a lot of potential. So I was already making money and gaining some traction. So then I continued on and, um, you know, continue working hard on my blog and making sure publishing valuable content and growing my email list and things like that. So then within the six month period, I hit like a $20,000 a month. So from there, you know, it has gone up and up. And so, yeah, uh, I mean, I don't know if you want to call it instant, but you right, do right. have to have, you you do have strategy. What you were starting with resonated with an audience and, and, you know, grew fairly uh, rapidly. Did you have to adjust uh, what you were doing to engage with your audience or is what you started with really what you started with resonated and just grew and you just had to do more of it? So initially, to be honest, I was going to blog about (laughs) self-employment. So I was just going to talk about like, because, you know, growing up, I've always had different hustles. I used to be a model, then I was a teacher, and then I had my own little, you know, I had different kinds of things that I had done. So I was going to share like those different ways of making money. But my audience kind of found me as soon as like in Facebook groups and, you know, just online, people found out that, oh, you're a lawyer. You can you help me? with legal pages for a website, like privacy policy, disclaimers, terms and conditions. Oh, what about this? This is, you know, they started coming to me with legal questions and I was like, Hey, you know, uh, this is a sign. Like I need to you. And I always wanted to use my legal knowledge and expertise anyway in the online space. So that kind of pushed me forward faster than I had anticipated. So I went ahead and started creating these legal templates. And first I was helping one-on-one, but then I'm like, there's only so much I can do one-on-one. So then I started creating digital products and that really helped uh, my audience, but also kind of showed me what direction I needed to take. Does it make sense? Yeah. So you started really from a kind of a whole different angle and your audience kind of they found out about you uh, in a good way and uh, nudged you into uh, what appears to be the right direction basically not that you were in the wrong direction but this was probably the better uh, yeah the better fit there's more value added basically by your blog and your business in the market basically so well congratulations for figuring that out and listening to your uh, your audience so what are some of the challenges um that you've faced. We talked through the example here, but what are maybe some some other challenges that you've run into as an entrepreneur to um, to share with our audience? Yeah, absolutely. So initially, as I mentioned, that I was doing this as a side hustle, right? I had no idea that where it was going to take me. I didn't want to give up my six-figure lawyer job, right? Because we worked so hard. You go to law school, so it's it's hard to just let go, right? Yeah. So. 
there's that financial security associated with a job. So for me, honestly, the initial challenge was just having that faith in myself that, hey, I can create something out of nothing and build it into a business. I didn't know the ABC of online world. So it was that was a challenge, the tech part of it, learning the online marketing. You know, it's very different than uh, meeting someone face to face and and just it's a whole new ball game altogether, as you can, you know, as you know already. So that was a challenge for me, just kind of learning the ins and out. And then the second big challenge was time management. Because if you start an online business with your full-time job, then you're juggling a lot, right? It takes a toll on your body. It takes a toll on your mental health. It just takes a toll, period. So for me, that was very difficult in the beginning. I did that for an entire, I would say, a year and a half, you know, and I didn't quit my job until last year. So yeah, I would say a year and a half, I continued on with this working full-time and building my business on the side. So I just had to be very focused. And I had to be really good with prioritizing my my tasks. Like I couldn't do everything. Yeah. So I had to start outsourcing. I had to like think big. And so yeah, there was just so many growing pains, you know, um, associated with an online business. It's not that easy. I think what I heard you say, and, and I think this is relevant for a lot of people, is that it is you don't have to quit your job outright to start a business, which is tremendous risk, right? You were able to start this, It was now, but what you gave up um, to take less risk, you worked uh, and started your, your blog and your business um, while still keeping your day job. And the toll it took then wasn't so much the risk, it was the time and effort it took, right? It was, um, you minimized your risk, but you did have to pay for it with a lot of effort. I think that was a, a wise choice and, um, Otherwise, you have to pay the rent and you have to pay for the bills. If what you try doesn't work out, you know, you could be in trouble. So the way that you did it was um, took a lot of um, hard work and effort, but it, it also made it reasonable and probably a whole lot less scary, right? Because you could you, you could have quit after three months if you wanted to. Yes. And or you could pivot to something else after you know, whatever, a couple months. And so that was I think that's uh, insightful. So what were some mistakes that you made as uh, an entrepreneur? So I would say the first mistake I made was that I tried to do everything on my own in my first year. I didn't start outsourcing until my second year, because once again, as you just mentioned, you know, transitioning from a job mentality to, you know, a business, it's a whole different uh, ball game altogether. And you just have to, it takes time for you to realize you just want to do everything, but it takes time for you to realize that you can't do everything. You have to start trusting other people to take over. So for me, me, it was hard because I'm a perfectionist, right? So um, being a lawyer and just doing everything on my own, it was just very hard for me to shift that and and start hiring other people, whether it was video editors or whether it was blog post writers or any other kind of, you know, team. It was hard for me to let go of that control. I was, I was scared that I could the other person couldn't do it as good as I could, right? So that was one mistake. I think that if I had outsourced sooner, it would have saved me a lot of mental anguish. It would have uh, given me a better quality of life, right? A better balance. And um, the so to me, that was just something that, you know, I needed to clear and learn on, on my own. The second mistake I made was that I didn't focus on SEO, even though like, 
you know, as a blogger, um, it's so important. I don't even care if I don't think it's just as a blogger, but it's just overall as a business owner in the online space. It's so important to learn SEO. You want to make sure that if you're writing any piece of content that it ranks on Google. So I was focusing on, you know, Pinterest and some other avenues of getting traffic, but I wasn't focusing on SEO because once again, there were only so many hours in the day. Um, I couldn't do everything. So I just kind of prioritized and did whatever I could. So these are like few things that really hurt me. And then, um, you know, once I did start outsourcing people, then we had to go back and fix the blog post and, you know, all of that stuff. So that just was time that was wasted. Yeah. So just being willing to look outside yourself to find whether it be independent contractors, other companies that provide services, maybe employees eventually, uh, but people who could do help share uh, the work and and grow the company. Um, What companies or entrepreneurs inspire you? So I have been in the blogging niche. So I have like, you know, uh, I have Crate and Go outside of the blogging niche. You know, I love Amy Porterfield. She's great. You know, Tony Robbins is my, you know, all-time favorite self-help guru and someone that I really look up to. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's there's so many. It's hard to just name yeah. one or two. You know, there's so many. Cool. Um, what are some of the biggest misconceptions that people might have about being a business owner? I think the first thing is that people think it's easy and uh, people think that um, they can start making money right away. And so they don't really expect the amount of work that it's going to take, right? So when you go to a job, there is that security. You, you're you done after you know a certain period of time, like whether it's five o'clock, six o'clock, there's your cutoff, you have time off on the weekends and things like that. But as an entrepreneur, you're wearing multiple hats and you're also working almost like 24-7. Because I'll give you a recent example. We were, uh, it was the Black Friday week last week, right? And all of a sudden, my sales page completely crashed. We had so much traffic coming along. And, and again, you don't, you don't expect these kinds of problems to happen, but they happen, right? And so you kind of have to drop things, even if I am having a family dinner, now I have to attend to this emergency. Right. So, you just, these are things that you don't have to worry about in a job, but when you start working for yourself and being your own boss, even if you have a team, you still are engaged, you know, you still have to be willing to put in the time and the work. And the other thing is, as I mentioned, you have to be patient. So a lot of people give up because they don't see that instant um, success, or they don't get that instant gratification, and then they give up. But I think it's, really for someone who has to think long-term and you have to be patient with your own self. That's really good. Um, So you have a large following on social media. Um, How has that benefited your business? Rovox, where fashion meets fitness. I think social media nowadays is really... I mean, email marketing is number one, lifeblood of your business, but social media to me is the number two, right? Um, Nowadays, if you're not present on social media, you're not, people can't, if people can't see the face behind the brand, I I feel like you're missing out. 
you know? So uh, for me, it has been, uh, it has helped me a lot, especially in the initial stages when I was a nobody and people didn't know me. It was really the Facebook groups that um, I started, you know, um, engaging in groups where there was my target audience. Um, I also created my own Facebook group. So we have like more than 7,000 people in my own Facebook group. So that alone establishes trust, credibility, Um, people can engage with you, people can easily access you. So they know like you're real, you're the real deal, right? So um, social media to me is really a game changer. Thank you for that. Um, Shifting gears here, how do you incorporate uh, living a healthy lifestyle and fitness into your life? So that's a great question. Um, I wake up super early. Uh, Well, this habit started because I was very disciplined with my time because I was working, as I mentioned, full time as a lawyer during the day. And then I had to pace my time and be very organized. So I would wake up super early. I would do my meditation. um, I would do my one hour cardio workout and then go to work and come back and then do the you know, blogging work. So I kind of kept the same routine. So even if, even though I'm not, you know, going to an office now, I'm working for myself, but I still wake up super early. Um, I feel like that really sets the tone for me. I meditate for 30 minutes. That's my spiritual gratitude time. Like I'm, you know, I am great. Every day I write down things that I'm grateful for. I just think that that really uh, fuels my passion, gives me more energy. And then I write down my things to do. And then after that, you know, a um, little bit of work, and then in the afternoon or evening, again, workout time. So yeah, that's that's kind of how I make sure that I prioritize my health now because unfortunately, I had a very big health scare earlier this year. I ended up being in the emergency room. So since then, I have really cut down on the number of hours that I work because. If it were up to me, I would work all the time because I'm a workaholic and I love this work. It's my passion. But I've told myself that, no, health is your wealth. And I have really slowed down to take care of myself, making sure I'm eating healthy, uh, making sure that I'm squeezing in that meditation and then those workouts. Yeah. So a good balance and uh, a good lesson um, perhaps for others. You, you want it. You have to kind of be intense and work hard, but you at the same time you have to figure out a way to take care of yourself so that you don't uh, end up in trouble basically. So yeah, good deal. Um, Where do you see yourself professionally and personally in 10 years? You know, that's a great question. You really do know how to ask the right questions. (laughs) So um, Brian, I honestly don't know. I haven't thought that far ahead, but perhaps, you know, retiring. um, I don't know if I'm going to do this forever, but at this time, whatever trajectory my business has taken, it has been dictated by my audience. Like I am the kind of person who's just kept an open mind and whatever my audience wanted is what I did. So uh, just to give you an example, as I mentioned in the uh, earlier that I created uh, legal templates because that's what people wanted from me. They wanted some sort of a product, some solution to their legal issues, right? So I created those products. But since then, I have a legal store now of, um, I don't know, about 30 different 
templates and bundles and things like that. But every single one of them were created because somebody or or multiple people reached out asking for it. So that's the kind of um, mentality I have when it comes to my business. I kind of do whatever my audience wants from me. So if tomorrow there's a demand for something else or a request for something else, then that's the direction I'm going to take. So I go with a very open yeah. It kind of sounds like that's, uh, you know, from the very start, basically, you literally started in a different direction. And a lot of businesses start that way, by the way, too. And then that you end up, um, you know, you either can go the route that you're going, which probably won't be as successful, or you can listen to the feedback of your customers and your audience and kind of start shifting towards where you're listening to them and engaging. And that's really worked. Um, And your point is that's what you'll continue to do, probably, is just continue to follow yeah. your uh, your audience. I will say you seem way too young and motivated to retire in 10 years. Now, maybe you could retire in 10 years and that's a different thing. Um, and you could certainly work less or pull back or you know change your priorities or what have you. But um, uh, I don't see you um, just kicking back at the beach 365 days a year starting in 10 years. Not that there's anything wrong with taking some time off either. Right. Um, all right. So... Just kind of looking at uh, your business, do you have any, um, I had a number of my own businesses and still do over a 27 year period started um, while I was in high school actually. Do you have any questions or any advice that you might be looking for? You mean in general? Yeah, yeah. Uh, anything in particular for your business that that you'd like to run by me? Yeah, I mean, I would love to know more about like your history. You mentioned you've had businesses for a while, but like what has been your primary motivation or why different businesses? Yeah. Down on one thing. We, uh, I don't want to spend too much time on myself for your interview here, but to give you an answer, um, I think that it's in my DNA to be like a serial entrepreneur, to just always want to be building and creating. I started my first business buying and selling collectible Star Wars toys while in high school back in the 90s. Um, I've created brands of products selling on Amazon like uh, Strictly Bricks was a a brick construction uh, Lego compatible toy brand. Clever Creations, a a home Christmas decor brand that sells primarily on Mm -hmm. Amazon. Uh, And my most recent uh, acquisition actually is Robux Footwear. Uh, which is an online sneaker company. So I think I've always been engaged in kind of online slash remote sales, basically. Um, Maybe partly because I've born and lived in rural Wisconsin where there aren't a lot of people. So if I want to engage in um, significant business, I have to do that. I either have to move or make it a global type of, uh, uh, you know, or business. So. Yeah, so that's uh, so I've always been interested in kind of starting and growing businesses, and my businesses have typically been product related, as opposed to your, yours is like sir, you've got products which are which you yeah. create virtually, I think, and, and your services. So there's definitely similarities with email lists and and marketing, and some differences where you're selling your your expertise as opposed to what I've typically done is sell um, sell products. So. Yeah, makes sense. I mean, that's the thing. That's the beautiful thing about online, uh, right? There's so much you can do and there's so many different ways to monetize. Yeah. So maybe just to, you know, just to go back to my question and maybe just to sum up like some advice is I think that um, we've already talked about this, but your approach of listening to your audience 
and letting them guide you. And maybe not every single person. Sometimes people might have some silly ideas or what have you. But um, but as a group, like as you hear more and more people who are your your trusted uh, customers, paying attention to that is, I think, you really have the pulse on your business. And so continuing to do that certainly seems like a a sound strategy. It sounds like almost all of your products have come, if not all of your products, have come from yeah. customer requests combined with some yeah. of your uh, know-how to, and experience to say, not this is not just a one-off. This is a customer request that, hey, I bet other customers could use this. Um, so it, it seems like that strategy is working and letting your, your audience continuing to engage. So I mean, I think that's just a sound strategy. I don't know that that's anything particularly... Uh, you know, earth shaking there, but I think just, just kind of giving you, I think, confirmation that what you're doing, what you're doing is working and, you know, keep it up. I think those are good instincts and, um, you know, your audience appreciates that and that will help you grow, um, your business. Right. right. And also, honestly, it leads to repeat customers too. You yeah. know what I mean? Because the key is you want to retain your customers. You don't want it to be a one sale customer, right? Like you want to have repeat customers. And I think when you have, when you really listen to your audience and you see what they want, especially if they're like, in my case, they're bloggers, freelancers, coaches. I have, you know, I I basically anyone with an online business, I can help them with my legal templates. So when you listen to them, um, as you just mentioned, it's not a one-off thing there. You know, if some one or two people are asking for a particular template, then you know that there's a market out there for it. Right. So, um, and it just leads to repeat customers too, because they, they see that you care and you're creating something for them. So they're not going to just buy one template for me that I have customers that bought like nine different products for me. So, uh, that also helps a lot, you know, um, in, in the long run. Something else that comes to mind is within you, you're likely already doing this, but with your team of people, your employees or contractors that work for you, just, it comes through very, uh, authentically. So I, I don't think you even probably have to try, but just to encourage them to, um, to be the same way, basically that it's in not only your DNA, but the company's DNA and, other people that are working with and for the company to encourage that behavior basically in um, your team of people, which makes sense that you um, would may already be doing that, but just to be proactively thinking about that and kind of almost making that a, a strategy, if you will, to say that's, you know, it makes sense, but it's a lot of companies maybe aren't as close to their customers or as engaged as you are. So that right. really gives you, I think, um, a competitive an advantage and edge. Exactly. And so you have that and to so just keep it going. And as your business grows and you have more people um, working with you, that they understand that that's part of your edge and that they're that they're part of that um, process. So now maybe it's not just you, but that person working over in uh, Department XYZ is filtering um is working with customers and bringing those ideas back to the whole team basically and and just keeping that pulse on the business even as it grows and scales basically which i think admittedly can be challenging because when you start you literally talk to all the customers and you do all the posts um i remember back when i started my business in the 90s like i talked to every customer or emailed every customer myself and I was super excited about Star Wars toys. So I was in, I was passionate about that and the customers I worked with were. And so trying to maintain that while then adding people is, you know, is challenging. So, um, yeah, but you're doing very well. And that's just uh, an encouragement. Um, all right. Is there anything I didn't ask that you wish I did? 
Um, no, I mean, I think you you asked a lot of really great questions, insightful questions. Um, the only thing I guess I would I like to add for anyone listening is that how I can help them, right? So we briefly touched upon um, the fact that I am a lawyer and that I help with legal templates, but I just kind of wanted to elaborate a little bit more. You bet let you know like exactly the kind of different areas I can help you with. So everyone knows like it's hard to uh, start a business, but sometimes it's even harder to know what legal documents you need or how to protect your business legally. So that's where um, whether it's my own products, my legal templates, or whether working with me one-on-one, that's where I come in to take away that legal overwhelm. And so that way you can spend less time worrying about the legal aspects of your business and more time worrying about like, you know, what you want to actually work on, you're growing your business. And the way I do that is, as I mentioned, you know, there's different products, depending on what you're doing. If you're a freelancer or a coach or a blogger, or just an online marketer, um, you're going to need some sort of a legal protection, whether it's a contract or whether it's a website policy document, or whether it's just ensuring that your website is compliant with the privacy laws and things like that. So there's different aspects. And I just would love to um, encourage people to make sure that you get in touch with whether it's me or anybody else to make sure that you're protecting your blood, sweat and tears uh, with the legal, you know, uh, legal foundations that you need. And where specifically can viewers go to find you? So they can um, easily visit me on my website, aselfguru.com, or they can even join my Facebook group, which is also the same name, aselfguru biz blog community. In the Facebook group, you can directly interact with me uh, one-on-one on the website. You can visit the legal store page and you can see all the different templates we talked about. Um, And then there's a work with me page as well, if you want to work with me one-on-one. So you have plenty of um, different ways to get in touch with me. Um, from my website. Great. Well, thank you very much uh, for joining us today. Um, I want to thank you for your time. And uh, I'm Brian Semling. This is the Fit for Success podcast. Thank you so much, Brian, for having me. It was awesome talking to you. Same here.